Daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Guys, like I told you, it may be a bye week for the Cleveland Browns, but in no way was it going to be a bye week for Locked On Browns. I'm going to bring you some great guests this week. We don't really have to adhere to our normal schedule. Obviously, no crossover episode this week. Uh, You won't get any pregame tailgate, so we're able to do some fun things. Uh, you know, we try to we try to bring Mark in here once a month. I believe it was October. I know we got him in here right after Week Four. But Mark Sessler, part of the Around the NFL podcast, part of NFL.com. Mark, how's everything going? Busy, 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 right? Very busy. And right now, uh, the street NFL Network in a park here in West Los Angeles. A um, couple shady characters uh, under a tree, not too far from me. So let's hope this goes well. Make the, sure the doors are locked. The doors are locked, Mark, at all times. Keep the doors locked. <laughs> um, and now, obviously, you know, Mark, some big NFL news today, um, Now, which has been hyped now for probably about the last three weeks as what is going to be essentially the game of the year. And now all of a sudden, Mark, it's, it's home. It's in the backyard for you. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's, it's interesting how that went down. And I thought the, the biggest thing about moving that Chiefs-Rams uh, game was the players that got onto Twitter today and basically said, Look, we're threatened to not play. And, uh, you know, some players will take the point of view. We just talked to Reggie Bush on our Twitter show, and he basically said, I will play in a parking lot. And I, I totally believe that that's the point of view of some players. But there were others that said, if the field conditions are an issue, and we saw this with Robert with RG3 back in the day with the Redskins in that playoff game, you don't want, you don't want a, 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 a shoddy field becoming a major NFL narrative. And I think the league office stepped in and said, this cannot be the talking point heading into the biggest game of the year. And I, I think they handled it correctly, although it creates a lot of issues to suddenly move the game to L.A. Um, it's a competitive disadvantage for the Chiefs based on where they thought they'd be on a neutral field. But, look, it was a home game for the Rams. Now it is really a home game for the Rams. And you look at it this way, look, I mean, if it's going to be this game and, hey, play it in someone's stadium, let's see where it's at. I mean, normally when you get these games, like the London games or whatever, it's, okay, here looks like a decent ball game, let's send it over there. Now with all that, this is both, you know built into in you know, what this game and everybody's entailing. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's going to be a little weird because, I mean, you might still have a little sunshine out when it kicks off, but, uh, you know, for a big-time Monday night game, but everyone, one, everybody's looking forward to, and I've certainly got that marked as, you know, I kind of have an easy Sunday this week. Uh, now, Mark, we will get to things Cleveland Browns. Um, it, it, things weren't trending very well. Um, I was a little aggravated with the Tampa Bay game. I thought that should have been a W. And then the Pittsburgh debacle, everything just looked absolutely terrible. And kudos to John Dorsey. Kudos to the Haslams pulling the plug on not just the head coach, but uh, also on you know the offensive coordinator who I think, you know, Never had the intentions of what was doing best for the Cleveland Browns franchise. I think he had more intentions of doing what was best for Todd Haley. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I, I think there's a couple ways to look at it because I think as a Browns fan, you know, myself, I thought, well, this is this is a disturbing moment because it's another. You, you, the season after that Browns Jets game had so much hope, and you thought everything is changing, except that there was always this issue on the horizon of do we really have the right coaching staff here. And is it really a benefit to Cleveland to pull off some sort of sneaky, you know, 500 season where you retain everyone? And really what revealed itself to me was that the dysfunction that has tracked Hugh Jackson from day one in that organization where he won the power struggle over Sashi Brown, he's won multiple power struggles, he had the ear of ownership, that they came to the conclusion correctly that this is not the way a head coach operates. And, and I listen, I think Hugh Jackson, having 
talked to him a few times, you know, briefly at combine events, things, is a really, like, the person, I think the players would agree too, Joe Thomas was strong on this in years past, and some were today, the person is not the issue, we like Hugh Jackson, the guy, he's a gregarious guy, easy to get along with, really good with some players, but in terms of running an organization, where the ownership is so involved too, you have got to find the right type of coach and all the infighting that we saw little hints of it on hard knocks and just what came up in the end about todd haley and who's not necessarily someone who's considered to be the most easiest to get along with person in the nfl circles and hugh jackson and it's filtering down to players you have such a young team it 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 was needed to course correct this even though it's really tough to do this in the middle of the season it could have arguably been done before the season but what coach would you have gotten last January. That would be my question. Before Baker Mayfield, before this rookie class became what it's become, now it's a very attractive landing spot for the next coach. But you've got to convince whoever those candidates are that this ownership group is, is going to be able to handle more ups and downs because that's been the beeline through all of these many changes, all these sea changes with the Browns. Well, that's what you hope, and, and you hope where part of the answer is 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 with number six. And it, it, in such a short time, it's now his franchise. It's his show. You know, Miles Garrett, as great a player as he is, and great of an individual talent as he is, that's not the guy he wants to be. You know, and it, actually, you got that guy back this week in number fifty-three. I mean, if you you know, and I said last night on one of our shows, if you're going to draft guys individually from the Cleveland Browns defense, Joe Schobert isn't going to go to like fifth or sixth, but. By you cannot imagine this defense without him. He's the linchpin of that defense. I think that is absolutely true. And you know, whatever anyone feels about Greg Williams, and I get the the, the varied viewpoints on him, he was able to communicate how important Schobert is to that defense. What a difference maker he is. That he's really. I mean, it's not unusual. It's it's your linebacker that's communicating. He's a quarterback on that side of the ball. It's a completely different defense when he's on the field and but your point previous too that you, the, all this all this change and all this negativity that were, were there a couple weeks ago this is different than the previous regime changes where the rest of the season just goes completely in the tank and you've got Brandon Whedon or Brady Quinn or Derek Anderson taking you one and seven down the stretch Baker Mayfield changes everything and it's not just him it's every single week there are multiple rookies showing up in the rookie of the week column and it's it's i've never seen a rookie class like this for the cleveland browns i mean you have to go back to the 80s when they pulled people out of the usfl to have such a group of players in one year makes such a difference it's it has been absolutely refreshing and it, it you know and look I, I can understand some frustration even for the hue the, for the hue backers of well you know baker didn't start from jump street nick chubb didn't start from jump street but there's really nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's it, it, it shouldn't have been about the 2018 season. It should have been about where you're headed in the next four to five years. So Nick Chubb didn't get you know a, a ton of run early. But you know what you have there. You know what you've got in Baker. You're getting Duke Johnson more established. And even yet, you know, even last week, your leading receiver only had 39 yards. But you, you you handed it to the Atlanta Falcons, a team who came in thinking they were about to rip off four straight and get themselves firmly in a playoff position in the NFC. Yeah, and that game also, it's easy to, you know, when you put together these highlight packages, to focus on the incredible work of Nick Chubb and to focus on Baker Mayfield's what truly is breakout game. But the defense, I mean, what they were able to do to Atlanta, and I thought they made Matt Ryan so uncomfortable from the very first snap. And he had, you know, he wasn't sacked multiple times, 
but how many of his throws went nowhere because there was no one open and he had no look downfield. And it was a, it was a good scheme. It was a good plan. And I thought that this is a credit to the Browns fans in that stadium is that for the second week in a row in very tough circumstances, it was one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. And it's a reminder because it's been so long that when this does turn and it's already beginning to, that the Cleveland Browns fans are going to make this one of the roughest places to play. Like back in the day when it used to be two teams in the AFC, the Browns and the Broncos were the hardest places to play. And at Cleveland's never, these, this fan base has sat through so much disruption and so much darkness. But it is so different when they have something to root for, the way these, this past game, this past Sunday, it reminds you of the environment of old. Yes, and and that's the thing. And even the Kansas City game, and, and things look good. And, you know, oh, well, you know, to say you lost by two touchdowns to Kansas City Chiefs in 2018, that's not a bad thing. It's it's kind of been the norm, pretty much. So, you know, I, I think, and the most important thing was, is you saw a solid offensive effort. And I believe it was, what, within the last two weeks, 50 points on the board. So you'd love where that's going. And I 100% agree, the D. The defense, TJ Carey, a guy like nobody out of nowhere, he gave Julio Jones all he could handle. It was just impressive. And everybody coming up with a big spot. Peppers with a big stick on a goal line. Uh, Schobert with the, the play on third down. Then the pass defense in the end zone on fourth down. Uh, and, and one other one, Baker Mayfield with the stones in the back of the end zone after a couple of false starts. Just let me throw the stinking ball. I'll get us some breathing room. Yep. I'm the quarterback. And it was just phenomenal to see it. And there's a whole bunch of kids just fi- starting to find their way as a group, and it's odd where you're saying it's behind Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens, and we'll get to them in a minute. Guys, we have Mark Sessler on here, his monthly spot here on Locked On Browns. Uh, guys, we are brought here this evening by MyBookie.com. Guys, as I always tell you, I will give you betting advice, but the first thing I will tell you is who you bet with is almost as important as who you bet on. That's why I'll always suggest to my listeners, MyBookie.com. They've been in business for years. They have great online reviews, and their website, their mobile site is simple, clean, easy to use. Um, I'm urging you to use my bookie. It's simple. You win. They pay. There is no ins, ands, or buts about it. It is just that easy with them. They have in-game, live betting, over-under on fantasy points, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Currently slammed with prospective new membership. If you create a new membership after 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, they will give you a free $20.5. This still goes along with the uh, the same mybookie.com you guys have always enjoyed. They will match your initial deposit up to 100%. So put down $100. They will give you 100 of their money. Do it after 70, 7 p.m. Eastern, 225. Guys, you're good to go for this weekend. Um, mybookie.com. Uh, the, the new promo code here with that will be locked on capital L capital O locked on twenty five mybookie.com m y b o o k i e dot com you play you win you get paid now you know obviously you know with you know normally in the most transition mark you're going to go to one of your coordinators you know Todd Haley you thought it'd be the guy. Greg Williams, with some experience, uh, look, Greg Williams will never be a head coach again. I think they really like him as a defensive coordinator with this unit, and there is a future here, possibly, depending on who the uh, you know new head coach hire is. But you know, so Greg has done his thing and, and done his defense. But Freddie Kitchens, here's a guy not many guys, not many people knew about, but he really he showed well the last two weeks, and it's more of a. We're going to scheme guys open because as long as you get open, Baker Mayfield's going to see him and throw him to him. And that's what we've seen here this last two weeks. I think they did a great job in the Atlanta game, too. Of You've obviously got a gaping hole at left tackle, a major issue that's been a week-to-week issue of keeping Baker safer in this last Sunday affair by getting, as you said, getting guys open, quick releases. I loved when they started dialing up the three-back wishbone series. Just I mean, it's fun just to see. Stuff that Freddie Kitt- Right, fun to see. And it's like, 
oh, you know what? This is how you work with a rookie quarterback and how you scheme around your own weaknesses. It's good self-scouting. And the one thing about Freddie Kitchens, I don't know what he learned from Hugh Jackson or Todd Haley. It, I, he learned a lot more, I would imagine, from Bruce Arians, who is one of the best at this. And he really, but he, he, you know, he was obviously announced the game a couple weeks ago, and he raved over Kitchens. And I, he, sometimes these coordinators and these guys, it's these kind of, you know, promotions that come out of nowhere, out of chaos, where you find someone that just simply has been in the shadows, not the big name like Todd Haley, you're not the big name like Hugh Jackson, and Freddie Kitchens somehow, who would have thought was the guy that could maximize, you know, these various pieces on offense. They're incomplete, but to, they do have talent, and to, and to turn, like, what they did with the running game with Nick Chubb, and I just thought the protection of Baker Mayfield and the usage of Baker Mayfield playing to his strengths, that is, that is what you want to see with a rookie quarterback, and for instance, it's not what's happening with Sam Darnold in New York, where I, I don't, I watched all these Jets games, and I feel for the Jets fans because it's like, how could you run a less creative attack than the New York Jets right now? They are not doing their best work with Sam Darnold. It's the opposite last week with Baker Mayfield, and it's just you want this season to not go in the tank. I see the opposite. You want to see each week growth. You want to see them play a role down the stretch. Where if you're a playoff-bound team, you don't want to deal with the Browns. It's not an automatic out, just like the Falcons found. And it's these young players. Who wants to go deal with Baker Mayfield right now if you get last week's performance? That is a, that's a tough out. Yeah, well, and part of the thing, though, is is because if you look at it defensively right now and you're playing them, it's like, okay, we know about Nick Chubb. And then you look around and it's like, well, I, I, I don't know to tell you which way we're going to roll the coverage to. You know, Jarvis Landry has done some things. Uh, Bashard per- Bashar Perriman's come in here, made a, uh, you know, a couple of plays in each of the last two weeks. Uh, Rashard Higgins with a big touchdown reception last week. Antonio Callaway starting to find himself a little bit away. Duke Johnson out of witness protection and back into this. So there's no way you can game plan against him. And I thought you brought up a great job with the pass, bro. Um, starting to roll Baker Mayfield more out to the right. If your left tackle's weak, Get your quarterback as far away from him as possible. But what I thought was more most impressive with Baker's having a little bit more confidence with the offensive line was, you know, the strip sack where the ball was loose. Baker didn't dive on it. David pick, Baker picked it up, looked up, said, well, I got some free yardage. Took off, picked up six yards. But that's having confidence that you're not going to get killed and you've got that split second to make something happen. And for Freddie Kitchens, um, you know, whether his future's here, the, people are taking notice. And, you know, obviously played for a program like Alabama. You know, obviously, you know, all this stops along the way. You know, Bruce Arians, there's a lot of football knowledge in there. And there might be some things that, you know, Arians said, eh, I don't like this, toss it to the side. And Freddie Kitchens kind of went over and maybe said, I'm going to take those out of the garbage and I'm going to take those with me and just, you know, <laughs> build yourself one of them big old binders that, you know, you can't carry and it kind of looks odd out of the shoulder. But he's done a fantastic job. The most other, the other thing that really impressed me with Freddie Kitchens was, and Joe Batonio said he went around to each positional group during meetings. Hey, give me some, give me five of the best plays you guys like, and that's, I mean, that is one thing where players get ecstatic. They they love the fact that the coaches are going to see eye to eye with them and say, you know, and even if he only took two or three, it's it's just something. It's input and it's everybody on the same page. Makes Freddie look good. Makes the players feel good. Makes them ready for when. Hey, here comes a game plan. And oh, hey, look, guys, we said we 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 thought we should run this. Everybody agrees with it. Let's go. You know, because they don't want to look foolish. Everybody wants to have the the nice communication lines open and stuff like that. Keeps it going and makes it a team unit. Well, and and, and there and that is the picture of a non dysfunctional uh, offense and a non dysfunctional defense and. 
for what it's worth, the coaching staff right now that seems to care about the input of its young players. And it's disturbing. Why wasn't that happening before? And why isn't that happening for all 32 teams? It, it's hard. It's, it's, this is, it shows you the, a lot of these teams just simply cannot get over the hump is, is a lot of ego, a lot of communication issues. And just because, you know, you're, these guys, Hugh Jackson's a good example of this, you're unfireable. You lose a job, you're somewhere else two weeks later. It's, it's an, largely a club, a fraternity where, you know, they get it. Every coach is a couple bad games away, unless you're Bill Belichick from, or Marvin Lewis, for that matter, of being bounced. And so you, you look out for your guys and you rehire them. But does that make you better? I mean, someone like Freddie Kitchens showing that kind of leadership out of the gate, I think he got that. I think that from himself, but also that is Arians too. That is Bruce Arians, who was a great players coach. And yeah, part of me thinks that Bruce Arians would want to do this again if he wanted to. He's 66, I believe. Um, obviously some health concerns at the last stop in Arizona. But wouldn't he be that sort of a perfect person to install over Freddie Kitchens, keep the offense going? What better coach to work with a Baker Mayfield? I mean, there's other guys too, but it's just that this, he has unfinished business in Cleveland. He, he expressed that, and something about it makes a lot of sense to me. But, you know, he's got to really want to do it, and they've got to find a guy that's going to want to be there for a while, too. And I think the other thing, though, and, and this is one, look, I, I don't mind, but the question is the longevity you would get of a Bruce Arians, you know, whether it would right. be two years. So, I mean, is it, uh, you know, a, a Bruce Arians and maybe, who knows, Freddie Kitchens just is groomed for along for the ride? And, you know, it seems that, and there's going to be a ton of options. There's going to be an absolute ton of options. And but and this was the other one, and maybe the final one for Hugh Jackson was, well, why did we need to go to Norman and meet with Lincoln Riley? We had every rep Baker ever took here. It's like, well, that's 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 not it. That's a, you know, you go down there and you want to know what you go down for stupid reasons like, hey, what is like what what does Baker like to eat on Friday before the game? What does he like for lunch? It's stupid, silly stuff like that. And, and, and Hugh, with being one in thirty-one, well, why do I got to go meet with you know the guy who's hopefully going to save my job's college coach after they put up you know ten thousand yards in the last two seasons? I don't need to do that. And it's and, and this is one thing. And we always hear, what do you hear when a rookie struggles after a rookie quarterback struggles after his first year? What do you hear from the team? Well, we went back to his college tape. We sat with his coach. What is he like? Oh, let's try to incorporate some of that stuff. And it's like those are what you almost, now you expect to hear it. You know, for Hugh Jackson to say, no, we didn't need to do that. It just seems like, well, that's so the opposite end of the the road right now. And it just, it was mind-boggling to go through all of that. Guys, you listen to Locked On Browns here. Mark Sessler of the Around the NFL podcast, obviously over at NFL.com. They, now, the show is now global. They take it everywhere. Uh, they do a fantastic job over there. Guys, if you are not listening to the Around the NFL podcast, come on, get better. Do it. Uh, I do want to go here now. Now, Mark, they're gonna ask. Everybody wants you. You know, you, uh, you know the big Cleveland guy that you are. F- names, some names that you think that might fit here. We're not asking for any tips. Some names that you see that might fit here, might be good here. Some people want to go the college ranks. I don't know how that works. Lincoln Riley and Baker Mayfield. Yeah, they're really close. But this is now their professional lives intertwined, and so much can happen. Somebody could end up on the wrong side here, so maybe that isn't the greatest fit. But let me get some of your thoughts. I think Lincoln Riley is, you know, in the mix for so many obvious reasons. And, you know, the Browns are not the only team looking at him. I think if you're the New York Jets, you're going to move on from Todd Bowles the minute the season ends, if not sooner. I'm, 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 I'm surprised he made it to lunch on Monday. I think that's just maybe, you know, I think organizationally it's like, do are you a – a franchise that 
fires a coach midseason. Is there someone that can take over the interim spot? In Cleveland, you know, they obviously felt that there was. I don't know if the Jets feel that way, and they maybe just ride the thing out, but he's done there. And they'll be in the mix for a complete overhaul, and they'll look for an offensive coach. I did a feature during the Super Bowl week uh, last year on John Filippo, who obviously was the Eagles yeah. QB coach and did excellent work. He was Cleveland's OC for, for a season there. Um, and I thought he actually did a nice job with Josh McCown, and you got one or two of the better Johnny Manziel games out of out of out of Manziel when when D. Filippo was there, he's he's in Minnesota. I don't know if he's uh, you know someone that's looking to be a head coach at this moment, but I think he's a very impressive guy who um, has you know his resume is proven. I think he he's done good work in each place he's gone. Um, he's young. Uh, it sort of fits the bill of the trend to try to find the next Sean McVay. Although I think there really is only one Sean McVay. It's like I, I that, these trends come and go because now it's like if you're a defensive coach. You have no shot to become a head coach if you have one of these young quarterbacks. But Bill Belichick is a defensive coach. John Harbaugh was a special teams guy. So it's like, it's a crapshoot. Bruce Arians was wildly ignored, ignored the year he got hired by the Cardinals. Totally ignored and ignored by the Browns. And it's like the, the, he, was the, he was the most successful guy from that group that year that got hired. So I, these coaching searches get on my radar a little bit because the same three or four names bubble up, but it's the odds suggest that someone that we've not really considered will be the most successful. And so you have to somehow trust that John Dorsey will be given full autonomy to find a guy he can work with. Cause that's the thing that's always, always missing in Cleveland. It is the GM hired before the coach and then the coach hired before the GM flip flopping back and forth, yep. internal power struggles. And that's been the difference. No, you look at, you look at the Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, you look at New England, the teams that are always hanging around, they don't have these issues. Cleveland has to not have this be an issue anymore. So for me, I would look at the John Dorsey tree where he's been. I would look at people that he trusts based on people he knows. And I think we can start to refine the search. You know, there is one benefit to moving on the way they did now is they can openly recruit and look for the next guy. There is a bit of a time element there that helps. Um, I think it's an incredibly attractive jobs for the next Browns coach, but you want to know that Jimmy Haslam and the Haslams who I think they get unfairly bashed for some stuff. I understand why they gave loyalty to Hugh Jackson the way they did, because it would have been, it's, you know, the, the track record on, on, you know, outside of the bills, there's no owner that's come in and fired more people. So you've got it. He wanted to change that storyline, but you have got to let the football people make this decision. I absolutely believe that John Dorsey can find the right guy to work with. Yeah, and you know, with John Dorsey, you go to the tree. I mean, you have Tob, and, and you know, my early favorite. I, I just like Eric Bieniemy. Maybe it's because I mean, and I'm sure Mark. Obviously, we're similar in age. We remember, remember Eric Bieniemy, the player. Um, oh yeah. And and, and I've talked, I've spoken to running backs who spent 48 hours with him at the combine, and they swear by him. And this is after 48 hours, where this is the most important, you know, 48 hours of their absolute lives. And they swear by him. And, you know, there's enough there where you could get a DC. You can get an OC. Because I think, you know, you'd get a B enemy. He's kind of more like a Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh where, look, I'm in charge of all 53 of you. He's going to tell you what to do. He's going to tell you what to do. You're going to answer to all of us. And if you do anything wrong, you're going to answer to me. I think Eric B enemy's got that kind of personality. Um, you know, maybe some people say it's a little soon. Maybe that's the case. And, you know, whatever. If it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. But I think there, it's John Dorsey's going to have a list at the end of the day and go, all right, 
I'm going to look forward to this because I'm going to sit down with 10 to 12 really decent, decent people, decent candidates. Um, you know, and DeFilippo's one guy who left Cleveland and it really wasn't that bad of terms. Like he was, you know, he was okay moving on and, you know, the door's always open. Maybe he could come back. Tons and tons of great options for who could be the future head coach of this franchise. Um, now, now we we look on here. Obviously, six games to go. Still going to play the Panthers. You got the Bengals twice. You got the Ravens again. And now, you know, because normally, you know, people, oh well, you know, don't screw up the screw up the draft position. You're not chasing the quarterback, so nobody cares about the draft position, guys. And these guys need to feel good about themselves. They got this win. They get to carry it for 14 days through a bye week. Get to go out, enjoy the city, go away, whatever it is they want to do. They feel good about themselves. Over the last seven games, these guys have won three of seven. Can we expect some similar success here? Maybe two, three wins over these last six, Mark? I think absolutely. And I love what you just said about for the first time in so long since they've come back that you don't have to treat the season post-September as a chase for the first, second, or third pick to get the quarterback. When that has happened, then everything starts to fall into place. You build around Baker Mayfield, and I would say bring on the toughest possible challenges you can. I can't wait to see them play the Panthers, you know, despite what happened against Pittsburgh for Carolina. Go play, play Carolina and see, see how you do against a team like that with an experienced coach, you know, a roster that's, that's ready to roll into the playoff picture. It's like you, when you don't really have to worry about going, you know, getting into the wild card race at this point, you want the biggest challenges. You don't want the cream puff schedule. I want to see them tested. I'd like to see them absolutely knock out Cincinnati in one of these games. You can't, you've got to at least split with them. So I think there's plenty of opportunities to see them grow as a team. And it's, it's one reason that the season does not feel lost, despite the record. For the first time in a really long time, it feels completely the opposite. And there's a reason to tune in every Sunday, which is so unlike every past November and December for so long. Well, and and to take that a step further, we're actually staying in on Sunday, and we're staying in for the entire game. It's not, you know, you know, beginning of the fourth quarter. Oh, please give me something else. Give me something else. I don't right. watch this anymore. And you know, and another one that I look to is that Saturday night before Christmas in Denver. I mean, what's Denver got going on right now? I mean, there's something. And Baker Mayfield, you know, the guy, the football guy in him, knows it's John Elway's house. No Peyton Manning, all the success he had there. To go to, he, I mean, there's, they're going to be geeked. And I love the fact that these guys, it's not about the tanking or the draft position. It's about, we got something good going here. Let's keep everything going, and hopefully we can keep it going towards 19. Guys, this has been Locked On Browns. Mark Sessler in his monthly spot. Um, guys, all the work over at, uh, around the NFL, all the work over at NFL.com. Uh, I, I am so appreciative, Mark, for your time. I, I appreciate that you can make this happen for me once a month. I do, do, do truly thank you for that. Absolutely. And that seems funny because I was talking to uh, fellow writer Greg Rosenthal, and he was looking at the Week 13 schedule. And it wouldn't be a shock if they flexed Houston-Cleveland into Sunday Night Football because two of the bigger games that week, the only two other big games, are locked in. Uh, as day, late afternoon games. And so there may be a second national game. And I think there's, it, then it's like, why would you do that? Because Cleveland finally has a reason to be on national TV. I think Baker Mayfield is a draw. The rest of the roster is. That game would be a huge game for Houston. So it may not just be the Denver game, but it's nice to have a feeling for once where, Alex, if you're on national TV, it's going to be like a 44 to 10 something. It's embarrassing. I don't want people to see this. I'd rather be, have them be buried at 1 Eastern you know, on, in blinding sunlight in Cleveland. Instead, <laughs> it's time for this team to be out there and to be shown. And, like, 
they the one thing you can say about them they are never boring they're not they have been one of the most intriguing teams with a national appeal this year so that there's for me like all this all the negativity that came up when the coaches were swept out i see it as positive i think there's good things ahead and you mentioned the coaching the search that's going to come up and so as a brownstone fan for once i it's you know it's almost thanksgiving and i'm not ready to slit the wrist i feel the opposite <laughs> and the other thing though was if that game is flexed the Houston the Houston Browns game if it's flexed it's not charity you were given you know you were moved up there because people said wow people are going to want to watch this game they're going to want to watch the Cleveland Browns right. and obviously there's a little bit of the history with yeah, obviously the Nick Chubb selection the Denzel Ward selection you know due to you know what went on in Houston these are these picks came from there so i mean it does make for a great storyline a great product to sell um, again, guys, thanks to Mark, uh, the Locked On Browns Twitter account. Guys, always follow back. Go ahead and you know make sure you do that. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, as far as iTunes rating reviews, guys, please keep them coming. You guys are fantastic. We're, cl- we're uh, closing in uh, over 110 or whatever. Please keep those coming. It means a lot to the show. It helps the show's growth. Uh, and guys, until we talk the next time, I have another special guest tomorrow. It, I can't reveal the name because, guys, these things are always pending. These guys are so busy. But should be another rock star episode for you guys tomorrow. LGB on the LOB. Until we talk next time, guys, let's go Browns.